Take two, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 74 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here with you. A riding shotgun as always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. How you doing today, man? Great, man. I'm great. It's a brave new world today. Thanks to, I guess, First Amendment uh, frontline warrior Elon Musk, who we'll get into Mm. in a bit. Absolutely. Um, got the kids solo this week. Uh, Ashley's up in your neck of the woods for her annual uh, photography sabbatical. She goes up yeah. there for this week long. Uh, it's called Texas Professional Photography School. There's only three of them in the country, and it's like like they're sort of these renowned like week long uh, 40 hour photo intensives where you can take a lighting class, a baby picture class, a boudoir class. She's taking marketing this year, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always sort of her, it's her version of the Elkwoods. Right. So, mm-hmm. it's, um, me paying into the, uh, the all important bank of future fund for me, <laughs> but that means I'm shuttling kids back and forth to school while also trying to. Uh, maintain my relatively significant day job. What about you? And you're building those hall passes for this fall. That's what I meant. That's what I meant by storing for the future. Storing them up. Yes. That and other stuff. Yeah. Which we'll tend to when she gets back. Uh, No, uh, real quick. I want to go back to when I said take two in the intro, because I think it's funny when we first started doing this, I think it was like our third episode. We taped like a whole hour and a half and then we were like, Oh shoot. Maybe we should have recorded that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The one that got away. Yeah, it was a good one, too. What the, we thought it was a smash, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, <coughs> and at least we only made the made it through the intro this time when I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, I should hit the record was, button. Yeah. It's not like I do this for a living, man. <laughs> uh, no, I'm great. Worse. I'm great. We went to Broken Bow this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the wife and I and uh, a some whoppers. work colleague of hers and her husband. And oh, that's uh, fun. They, yeah, and that he has a bass boat, so we took the boat out, and everybody caught a bass. I think we caught, I think we fished for like four or five hours, and we caught like 12 bass, but on a new lake, having so never we, fished there before, I mean, we were like, yeah, we'll take that. So, yeah. and, and then the highlight of the day, though, is I'm at the front of the boat, and Aaron's fishing off the back of the boat, and we just hear the splash, and I look back at her where there once was a fishing pole there no longer is <laughs> and this look of horrors on her face and she's like should i jump in and get it and i was like no i would never give you the nice fishing pole so don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about throwing henry's pole in the lake there it's fine <laughs> did y'all so, camp or stay in a cabin or what oh uh, we rented a house like Just a hotel room two-bedroom house no not, nice. yeah house yeah was it on the lake nope in the woods Cool. You, you've never been to it's broken bow no i have yes have. yes okay. i have uh just once though i went up there for a men's camp out deal with our old church in the woodlands um, yeah we fly fished 
and camped. Uh, it was beautiful up there. I, you know, and it's only oh, yeah. a couple hours south, I guess, of where we were in Tulsa. That eastern mm-hmm. part of Oklahoma is highly underrated. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the next day I took him uh, fly fishing for – he'd never been fly fishing. So we got a guide and went out for the day, morning trip. And, I mean, he probably caught five or six fish. He got the biggest one I've ever seen caught there. Um, nice. So he certainly enjoyed it. We were catching those little fingerlings like y'all were when we went, but there was a dude, there was this like tag team, these two guys who were clearly, I think local, but also, you know, pretty experienced young fly guys. And I don't remember what he was throwing, but this guy caught like a 20 inch rainbow, like where we had all been fishing, Mm -hmm. you know, for out, like for two straight days catching, you know, four inch fish. This guy, this guy caught a toad. Yeah. I guess there are some big fish in here. That, oh, anyway. There are. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good good weekend. And then uh, we picked the dog up from the trainer and surprised the kids. So the dog, JoJo, she's on this year-long quest to get, like, a master hunting title. So we don't see her much. And I don't know if we'll see her again before she leaves for... Sounds like a perfect... That just sounds like a perfect dog. <laughs> yeah. It does. And she leaves for Michigan. It's too hot to train dogs here in the summer. So a lot Hmm. of the trainers take the entire kennel on their truck and they go up to Michigan or Minnesota. So she will be gone from June through the end of August up there in the Northwood somewhere. Um, But yeah, she's here in the office with me today. It's nice to have a dog around. And uh, how's her uh, overall, her just general obedience? Is she mellowed out a good bit? Yeah. Oh, she's definitely more mellow. So (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's just like when Belle went, you know, they come back and they, they're, they kind of forget they're a pet as well, instead of just this machine. Right. So you just got to find, they have to find that nice balance, which she won't find until she's through with school and back here permanently. Right. It's a work in progress. Um, we got a lot to get into today. So, um, let's start with kind of what we ended on last week. You're going to sneeze there. Yeah, go ahead. Allergies are bad, dude. I've, Henry and I have been getting those shots, but I noticed this past week it was still terrible. Did you get any uh, rain up there? Oh, yeah. Rain here. Hail, yeah. all of it. Oh, wow. The other day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, so let's let's start with Cynthia Miller. I'm going to call her, I'm going to pronounce her last name, Idris. She's an MSNBC columnist. And we were, you know, we referenced her opinion piece at the end of last week's show, but we're going to get into it more in depth because it's going to segue into our next topic. And she basically in the, in the piece, Chisholm, the title basically to summarize the title, it's how the far right has weaponized working out to further their agenda, agenda of white supremacy and to valorize violence and hyper-masculinity. And she blames a lot of it on the pandemic because people started to get healthy at home. (laughs) So, yeah, the pandemic was used to further white supremacy. It's just... Uh, And right-wing extremism. She might Mm -hmm. be right about the, quote, white right-wing extremism because... um, you know, leftist authoritarianism certainly uh, woke a lot of people up to what the American right has been trying to tell them for quite some time. But uh, yeah, that's just hilarious. I, 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 
Say her name again. I'm gonna look her up. Cynthia Miller Idris. I D R I S S. Idris, American University. She sounds like a terrible person. What does she and, look like? Oh no, she's a she's a reasonably healthy looking sort of middle aged white lady. Huh. Hilarious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. You know, she, we've she done. Like, we've done. She looks like she's seen the inti- inside of a gym pretty pretty frequently. So she's a hypocrite too. I guess. Yeah. yeah. She's not. I was expecting to see somebody who was like the female version of Bill Gates, like a pear shape. At, at, at best. Yeah. Right. If not, you know. Who that's who we should all be taking our our uh, health advice from is someone that looks like that yeah. fat pudgy bastard. Speaking speaking of, I got a little audible that we'll have to add to the run sheet when we get there about a new study in the Journal of American Medicine mm. about uh about shots and heart problems, but keep mm-hmm. going. Oh no, it's um I mean, if we can connect the dots here, healthy people are harder for the government to control. The government wants you to suck off their teeth for everything. They want you unhealthy. Well, we know based off of the last two years that the government is in bed with big pharma. So what does big pharma want? Unhealthy people that need more medication. Uh, Yeah, that's why, I mean, I don't know where Cynthia Miller Idris on that pay scale of, you know, whose pocket she's in. Why would she, why would a, like you said, a relatively healthy looking person, why would somebody write something like this? Well, obviously she's owned by somebody, but um, if, you, if you connect well, the dots, it's it, the left I wants us unhealthy. I'm sure you're right that there could very well, almost likely is a financial component for her uh, in particular, but you know, one of our very first episodes that didn't, that did get recorded and, and posted mm-hmm. that you can find. And I'm talking like episode two, probably No, two is two a, uh, three, probably where we talked about the war on masculinity. Yeah. Um, this screams way more war on masculinity than anything to me. Um, or it's at least equal to the oh, idea yeah. that they're trying to cripple us by making us weak. But yeah, the idea that, um, God forbid that a guy get in the gym and raise his testosterone and think like a man and be willing to fight for something like, they don't like that, <clears throat> man, because at the end of the day, dude, it's, it's the masculine spirit that will bring some order back to the chaos that they are. hundred percent period. Like that's biblical. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so they, they, you know, they, they want to impose the order that they have in mind, which is a genderless, you know, FUPA, FUPA, you know, wearing just uh, leftist hellhole um do you remember how hard it was to get like i don't you have some home gym but so i'm trying to say at the start of the pandemic like i couldn't find because i was just going to the gym i didn't have my own workout stuff i i got a lot of that stuff at the start of the pandemic yeah dude i had it was impossible to find yeah, but do you I think was, it was only? Do you think it was only conservatives that were going out and buying stuff to stay healthy? I mean, the whole thing is ludicrous. Yeah, it's stupid, dude. It's just stupid, stupid, stupid. No, to your point, man. Liberals like their gym memberships. They go to the gym all the time. They tend to be, you know, city dwelling liberals. Or, you know, eat fairly well. They, you know, they stay relatively fit. Maybe they don't pump a lot of iron. You don't see a lot of just veiny bulging 
Roid head looking dudes that are mm-hmm. hardcore leftists. I'm sure they're out there. Um, I did see saw a terrible clip the other day. This girl was in she was interviewing random people in like you know, in like in the LA area. Um it, it kind of reminded me of Muscle Beach. I don't know LA geography very well, but it, she was like on a seawall by the beach, right? And she was interviewing people about about late-term abortion and this allegation that this new California law is actually legalizing basically infanticide up to 28 days. It was on my Instagram, I think. And the first she, she interviews this one chick that's like, she literally says, F those babies. Wow. Yeah. And she says, I had an abortion. I'll have another one. This other girl was saying the same thing. But she interviewed actually this ripped, jacked, like big guy <laughs> who hilariously was talking like a valley girl um he goes well i think that uh i mean he, he couldn't have been more cali bra mm. you know me personally i prefer the a lady have an abortion before 18 weeks uh pregnancy i think that's ideal but i would be okay with it up to 10 months after birth and months and the after- chick was like you, you're saying you'd be okay with the abortion of a 10 month old baby yeah, yeah. If that's what the woman wants, yeah, woman's freedom. What about the baby? I, dude, all of that. I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I, I have definitely noticed. I've been wanting to mention the this. degradation of society at this point never ceases to amaze. So I got on uh, fifty years tel- ago. Could you imagine a person saying that, Chisholm? Dude, they would be ostracized well, and be like, yeah. well, "You belong in a mental institution, brah." <laughs> For sure, I. I don't. I mean, the guy's faces on there. I would think that if I w- if I was going to stage something, I would not want to be readily identifiable, you know, mm-hmm. to be associated with something uh, like infanticide, murder of babies. Um, but I do want to make the point that I'm seeing a big rise. So I, I'm on. Are you on uh, Telegram? Mm-mm. Yeah, so I'm on Telegram, um, which is. You know, not that different than Twitter and uh, I guess uh, Parlor and all that. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 like a it's like a news sharing slash tweeting slash group chat app. I guess hmm. I have like three accounts that I follow. Jack Posobiec is one of them. Gateway pundit. Yeah, gateway pundit in Gitter. particular. I'm on Gitter, by the way. Give me a well. Anytime you see a gateway. Anytime you see a gateway pundit, not to step all over your your uh, self serving plug there, sorry. Yep. <laughs> Anytime you Shameless. see a, a gateway pundit article, click on the actual hyperlink to the article and read it for yourself because they're doing some, they're stretching, they're really stretching with how they frame it up with their headline, and even the content of their articles versus what the hyperlink then reflects about what they're reporting on. Um, yeah. Don't, 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 don't just read headlines, no matter what side they're coming from. Don't, don't let yourself fall into, and I'm, I mean, everybody, not just you, although I know you're a headline reader, always click the link, whether it's something you think you agree with or not, because there is, well, yeah, I mean, but the there's real what everyone does. crap coming from all sides. The headline's <laughs> what draws you in. Then you have to read it and decipher is this, is there any truth to, to this claim? I'm just saying, like, just I, you know, I, I think, I think the bold faced lies are coming from the left, but the right is, 
um, is stretching all kinds of things to fit their narrative. So, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it just seems like it's all of a sudden gotten worse, um, which is funny because you don't have to stretch the left very far. They're ridiculous enough as it is. Like, don't make up lies about the left. They'll hang themselves. So anyway, yeah, you know, we were laughing about this at soccer last after our soccer game last night. And uh, we didn't mention it on the show last week, but when Biden turned around like two weeks ago and just shook hands with thin air, like, did you see that? Oh, yeah. Like he finished he's done his it. speech. He's done it twice in two weeks. <laughs> he did Dude. it again last week. He I did just, it in uh, Seattle when he got there last week. I, the poor guy, man. Um, also a retraction because we we're not well-versed, apparently, on the 21st Amendment. And your claim that Obama would run for president again, we have to say that can't happen. So sorry about that. We should have done better. But uh, I just went right along with you. And I thought, I thought that um, mistakenly that after they – we're out of office they could run again but they can't so apologies yeah thank you for bringing that up i definitely wanted to clarify that um i was just running off of a faulty and long-standing under long-standing impression of mm-hmm. uh the 22nd i thought what it did was limit you to two straight terms but to your point 22nd uh, yeah. what did i just say Maybe I said the 21st. Either way, 22nd. Yeah. 22nd. We bungled this yeah. thing and we apologize. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the but good news is Obama can't run. Michelle again. Obama, that, that could happen. Uh, yeah, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you keep seeing, if, if Barack, probably, probably be worse because I don't know that she's ever done anything. Obama keeps popping up everywhere. I'd, I'd start to pay attention to, oh, okay. Well, maybe Michelle is uh, the linchpin here. As to why he's doing that um but anyway sorry about that and there's your retraction we'll call our own foul uh, back to healthy people you know white supremacists um you've got some interesting data from a walgreens uh study and it's ongoing right they're update they updated in yeah real time. it's just it's just a data track it's public system. information yep mm-hmm Sure enough, uh, I do. Um, speaking of something, I you know I shouldn't berate either Gateway pundit. Certainly not Jack Posobiec. I think he's not quite as misleading. Uh, he usually has the real goods, but both can provide good information. You're still needing to go dig into it. But one of those two last week on my Telegram feed had thrown out there this Walgreens Walgreens COVID nineteen index. Uh, if you go to walgreens.com slash business solutions slash COVID-19 index, that's COVID-19-index.jsp. Mm-hmm. They have like five charts you can take a look at where they're tracking in real time and they're updating weekly um, COVID positivity rates. And this one slide on page three of five uh, shows the, pos- the, the, weeks, the, the positivity rates um, oh, I want to see this, this proportions of test things, those two. Uh, <laughs> Again, public information that most people probably are unaware of or do not care about. But here it is. Wow. So it's give even, us the goods. Even worse than I thought, bro. Stop keeping it to yourself. <laughs> Sorry. I'm playing with it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, positivity rate by vaccination status for the week of April 17th. Through April 23rd. 
what's today the 26th so this is three days old yep. now so when we had talked about this or you know we're going to try to talk about it last week uh this this data has gotten worse um for the pro-vax crowd in the last week um i won't bother going back and tracking down the old data i'll just tell you so uh for that week all people who came into a Walgreens and got a vax, a, a test, I'm sorry, a COVID-19 test for that date range, 12%, 12 were among the not vaccinated hmm. like you and I, right? That means 88% had naturally, at least I'm naturally vaccinated. Same, same. Um, <laughs> and boosted, I guess, maybe. Uh, naturally boosted. So that, that means that 88% booster. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of all the positive cases have had at least a shot. So among those with one dose, which is probably quite a few of the Johnson and Johnson recipients, 17.6% of everybody who came in and tested positive had had one dose, two doses of any of these vaccines. It doesn't specify MRNA versus the, uh, Adeno retro adeno vector viruses or whatever Johnson and Johnson 21.7% have had two doses greater than five months ago. 18.2% two doses less than five months ago. So that's 40 fully 40% of positive cases coming into Walgreens have had two doses of vaccine. Hmm. Then you go to three doses. Those who have had three doses so now you're talking for sure, probably mRNA, maybe the mix and match thing. Hey, don't worry about it. You can do a Moderna here and a jump. You know, uh, there's really no rules. Just get your yeah. shot. Pfizer over here and that, yeah, twenty five point six percent have had 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 three doses greater than five months ago. That number was like fifteen percent last week. That number was like fifteen percent last week, which was still the highest on the chart as of last week. Like it's basically the non-vaccinated has stayed at around 12% two weeks running since I started looking at this and these percentages among the vaccinated have varied some, but anyway, almost 26% have had three doses and then another 18.9% have had three doses less than five months ago. So that is, that is 45. Am I doing that math right? Almost. That is almost 45% of all the positive cases in Walgreens in the week of the 17th through the 23rd were among people with three doses of vaccine, dude. So the first thing you think, if you're, you know, here's being- the first thing I think, <laughs> why are people still taking these tests? <laughs> well, the first- and, and well, I think the stats no. are probably skewed because if someone that, like you or dude, I didn't at- like felt bad, we wouldn't go get the test. And I was thinking the exact same thing from a slightly different angle. The first thing I think is, okay, well, clearly those of us who at this point in April of 2022 haven't taken shots, ain't taking tests anymore either. Mm -hmm. Unless we're being, you know, forced at gunpoint. So maybe things are skewed because clearly if you've had three doses, you're way more anxious about COVID-19 than Cable and I are. But then they have this little toggle switch where you get to go to proportion of the tests. And actually, that's not right. Among the proportion of tests, 27% of the total tests 
were among the unvaccinated. And 17.2% of 17.2% of the total positives among the unvaccinated. The one dose crowd is getting the is the least tested at 2.7% of the total tests. Then two dose crowd is 19.5%. Uh, that's two doses greater than five months. Two doses less than five months, 5.7. Then that what you would expect does start to play out where 19.2% had three doses greater than five months ago and 26% had three doses less than five months ago. So according to this, if I'm understanding this right, the most testing was done among the not vaccinated and they have the lowest contribution of the total positives. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a little weird for me. out them apples? Dude, that means I mean, weird for me that the that more shots you have, the more likely you are. It, 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 it means that, the, dude, it means that the data is legit. The more shots you get, the more chance you have of getting COVID. That's not surprising to me. What, what I was saying no. is I, I'm surprised that so many unvaccinated people still give a crap to go get a test at this point. That, yeah, I mean, they may have companies that are forcing but it or something. It you helps know, the data. So. Oh. Gee whiz, dude. Help support this, holds the up, this whole holds up across age groups. They have it broken down by age groups. It totally holds up among the age groups. Where did you come across this data? I think it was Gateway Pundit that set it out. Okay. And um, with it was this article about original antigenic sin. So original antigenic sin, this is, dude, all of this, people have been threatened, been warning about this since day one, that Historically, man, going back to the early 2000s, attempts to create vaccines against coronaviruses backfired and caused people to cause in actually specifically in uh, ferret testing caused uh, increases and, and actually caused horrific consequences. Among ferret. These ferret Talk about yeah, yeah, animal yeah, not there's fit for being a pet like somewhere way back. Ferret. Some apparently they make a great. Um, lab subject because I would the, never the trust DNA a person match that has between a us and a ferret. It's a weasel. Yeah. <clears throat> well, apparently they share quite a bit of DNA with us, so they make for good test subjects. But mm. it might have even been mRNA technology, man. Um, we've got documentation in a podcast from way over a year ago that I got from listening to the No Agenda guys about the history of trying to vaccinate against coronaviruses and the perils that have been faced but but one of them is this concept of original antigenic sin let me get the definition of that while you say something yeah my cousin had a ferret one time and she went <laughs> out of town or some crap and this thing lived i was like in high school and this thing lived in our house stinky nasty little critter that's why I have one mounted in here, a pine martin, which is of the same ilk, a weasel species. <clears throat> so here's an article in PubMed from the NIH, actually. Bill Gates reminds me lots of a ferret. Too. A fatter pear-shaped ferret, like a weasel. He's probably killed a million of them. Oh, his for sure. Vaccine testing. Uh, original antigenic sin, the downside of an immunological memory and implications for COVID-19. Yeah concept of original antigenic, antigenic sin OAS was put forth many years ago to explain how humoral memory responses generated against one set of antigens can affect the nature of antibody responses 
elicited to challenge infections or vaccinations containing a similar but not identical array of antigens. In other words, we are shooting you up for a version of the virus that no longer exists because the virus has mutated around the shots we created like every cold virus ever has. That's why we can't vaccinate against the cold. Right. Right. Yeah. And what ends up happening is then you get exposed to these future variants and you're actually more likely to contract the virus. This data shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's happening. The, the, the link that I, I had gotten last week included a letter in the New England Journal of Medicine by a completely biased douche doctor that was on Rogan pimping vaccines just a few months back where he was raising this thing. He was trying to pretend like you still needed to get vaxxed if you were high risk, but he was saying, but we really need to be talking about whether this makes sense for young people, especially these extra shots, these boosters, third, fourth, et cetera, boosters. We need to be taking a really hard look at because we might end up creating original antigenic sin. Um, huh. Yeah, well, I would say. Has has Israel? Oh, I know where this actually given it up. From. Are they still chasing this thing? Are they still doing like fifth and sixth boosters or has ever, has the rest question. of the world kind of been like, okay, we're not. We're, we're over this as well. That's a good question. I know that Europe has basically gotten over it. Um, you know, the UK laid down their swords of, you know, forced vaccination. What in like October? March. Was it? No, I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? Um, it's been a while. I don't think so, dude. I don't Maybe know. it was earlier this year. Anyway, it's definitely this year. It's but. because they were starting to, to your point, dude. They were starting to the data was undeniable. The data out of out of Israel was was undeniable. And then, like I mentioned a second ago, this new study about that, that we talked about it. That Nordic study when when Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark all said basically simultaneously, "We're not giving these shot. We're not giving these shots to kids anymore." That was when Europe was like, "Hmm." Something's up, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now their study is published in the Journal of American Medicine. What is JAMA? The, uh, uh, Meanwhile, I still can't go to Canada. Uh, oh, well, I mean, Canada has just become a communist hellhole. Like, man, I was listening to this fantastic podcast that I'm, I just got on that I want to share with everybody. That was explaining the light, like the long-standing ties of of uh, Justin Trudeau's father, who was also Prime Minister of Canada, to the Chinese Communist Party. We've talked about Justin Trudeau being on record on video back in like 2015, praising Chinese authoritarianism and how great it is that they can just like cram, you know, climate change regulations down their country's throat and mm. turn on a dime to do that, and how he actually admires that and then you know we've seen what he did yeah there well, and they, anybody they, that klaus schwab is like hey that's our guy that's right. not a good thing exactly anyway the jama network which jama what does the hell does jama stand for journal of american medical something or other it's the same place that had originally it's the same it's the same um it's the same journal. I mean, it's a 
major major news or uh, you know medical publication yeah um that had published originally in like may of 2020 i guess or 20 you know june of 2020 that um that study showing that the flu was more dangerous for children under 12 than than covid right of course then they had to you know a few months later walk all that back after they must have gotten you know threatened threatened to be thrown in the ocean or something by by pfizer well i mean my kids have only had covid twice and one time we didn't know they had it and then the next time we didn't know they had it so <laughs> right i don't believe they did. when they have the flu though like henry is laid on the couch for like a week so just my own personal experience validating what you just said absolutely yep anyway so yeah um i'm glad we i don't know if i'd have caught it last time but it's definitely very very interesting that um there is enough data in this walgreens stuff to show no in fact that the second highest rate of those getting tested are actually the non-vaccinated and the non-vaccinated are still the lowest of the actual positive cases i mean that what you know i keep seeing these articles man you know kamala harris is positive right now double vaxxed and boosted beto o'rourke is i mean this is right as we speak right yeah beto o'rourke double vaxxed and boosted and he's uh he's positive as we speak and they keep coming out and saying but just like everybody else who's double vaxxed and boosted it's a very mild case i was only sick for four days um we had Omicron in the house after having actually contracted Delta and everybody felt like they had mild allergies for like 12 hours. Right. Weren't sick for four days, but mm -hmm. it's a fallacy, man. I saw this article earlier on CNN where this douche made that argument and then tried to claim that his, you know, and we, we thought natural infection would work, but it's not that great either. For example, my son just finished his second round, his second round of COVID-19, only four months after his first. But dude, then he goes on to say that his son was double vaxxed and boosted and had had it twice. He said all that in the same article, but he tried to portray it as though his son's natural immunity, like if you had just stopped there, you'd have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, his son caught the virus. He did say he wasn't as sick the second go around. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how, how can he even say he, like, what are you? Uh, are there still Americans out there that are running out to get boosted? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, There's I, gotta, I, think, no, there I think the uptake, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think that the uptake has plummeted. I mean, I, you know, I know people who bought this crap that did it twice and they're like, well, I'm not getting another one because I was told that two would be enough. Oh, yeah. Like my wife. Right. But I know my parents, I know my dad when he got his booster shot. I don't, it wasn't recent, but. Well, right. I mean, maybe February. Was, I mean, yeah, it's fairly recent. But, you know, hey, listen. But the worm guys, hadn't turned then in February. People were still like. Oh, well, to you and I, it had. Oh, Omicron's going to get me. So I better get my shot. Right. Omicron's going to get you either way. Right. I wish I could find that article, man. But, yeah, this guy tried to pretend as though his son 
having had it twice proved that there, you know, that, that, uh, natural infection didn't prevent COVID and then went on to explain that he was also double vaxxed and boosted. My God, dude. I, I, the funny thing is, man, <clears throat> the only people who absorb CNN and the likes of Apparently that not a lot because they just spent $300 million well, <laughs> on a streaming service that lasted 10 point. minutes. Maybe nobody does. The they got, what did do, they get? 10,000 subscribers? 10,000? I heard, uh, I think Joe Rogan put it very nicely. He said, uh, imagine the hubris of offering a, offering a paid subscriber service for something that nobody wanted for free. Like, right. <laughs> that's all the criticism I've heard is like people weren't watching the show that's packaged with their cable and you thought you were going to get them to pay $7. Then they, 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 they like so they they opened up at just shy of seven dollars and you know nobody signed up so then they two weeks in they cut it in half you could get it for two ninety nine they gave it another week and the most hilarious dude is that Tubbelard Brian Stelter Stel, mm-hmm. Stelter Brian Stelter Brian Stelter des- deserves so much more mockery than we've given him thankfully well, he's all not the healthy outlets, so you know he's not a white supremacist you know how so old that guy is. Got go that going for him. Well, how old? Yes. 58. That dude is 34 years old. How do you look so bad at 34? Right. I, I don't understand. When he goes, dude, speaking of Rogan, he loves to rake that douche over the coals. He has gone on vacation twice in the last year, and his viewership goes up when he's not on his show. <laughs> Nobody watches that crap, which, you know, I keep coming around to this idea that like, why do I care what Brian Stelter says when clearly nobody else does? And all the outlets that I look to, they, they dude, like Crowder and Rogan and the Federalist and uh, dude, I mean, so many outlets spend so much time talking about Brian Stelter. And I'm like, why? Everybody knows he's full of crap. Those that even know he exists. The truth is nobody knows him. Like he's mm-hmm. irrelevant, but Anyway, his show is basically like a media watchdog show that's supposed to be calling out the media for poor journalism. All it really does is hate on Fox and defend CNN to the death. So he's got a bit where he tried to claim just this past week, you know, the truth is, Nobody will really ever know whether CNN Plus was successful or not because we pulled the plug way too early. This just came down to new ownership. Old ownership had a certain vision. And then, you know, the company got sold right as CNN Plus was about to launch. And, you know, the new ownership decided that wasn't the direction they wanted to go. Oh, plus like streaming is really getting, it's a tough, it's a tough market for the streaming services because, you know. Disney's it's so game. tough that Netflix Disney. has like 200 million subscribers. Yeah, but their but their subscribership shrunk in the last month for the first I time. I did ever. see that. And yeah. Disney Disney Plus is shrinking, right? And both of their stocks are getting hammered. But it's got nothing to do with the atmosphere around streaming. It's got to do with the fact that good people are pulling the plug on those things due to things like cuties and you know transgender surgery promotion for six year olds. Yeah. Right. Um, but CNN can't acknowledge that because they're down with transgender surgeries for six-year-olds. So anyway, yeah, he's trying to claim that um, never know how it would have turned out. It's just new, new ownership just decided to go a different direction. Right.
Yeah. Anyway, well, He's and hilarious. good Governor DeSantis just uh, stuck it to Disney. Oh yeah, that's one that's I think worth yeah. touching on. So, so I've apparently heard, they I've... had a fifty-five year like grandfathered clause, I guess, when they uh, built Disney World in Florida, in Orlando, and uh, they have been. Well, it, dude, it's and it's not unique to Disney. So many major corporations get these incredible tax breaks which a lot of times makes no sense but i guess you got to offer it to them to get them there and so uh florida and desantis i'm just looking for you can talk for a second i'm trying to find the actual dollar amount because it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars as far as the taxes yeah 200 million is what i've heard okay 200 million dollars that they're going to that they're getting rid of so uh here's the details Florida legislature last week eliminated the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which allowed right. Disney to self-govern and had been in place since 1967. Right. So it's a special district where the f- half a million, almost 600,000 acres, roughly 40 square mile area of Disney World, which includes all four parks, two water parks, mm-hmm. and like a dozen or whatever hotels, right? They basically had a extra governmental status not too you know pretty comparable to it like a native like a like an indian reservation um they didn't have to pay county taxes to the two counties that they overlap but they also didn't get county services they basically you know create the rules they could build anything without having to go through permitting processes Mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting because that's that's huge um so I've heard some pushback from it from some sources, particularly the Nas- National Review, which was the old standard bearer conservative magazine um, going back to the 50s or 60s or whatever. Uh, founded by. Uh, so this might not hold up. William is Buckley. what you're saying. Uh, well, so. so it's an interesting thing that he did here because. Yeah, they have 200 million in taxes that they've avoided. But how much did it cost them to do all the maintenance that the counties will now have to take over? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, What kind of new burden are you placing on these two Osceola and I forgot the other county that that uh, Disney crosses over? You know, so so one of the things they did was that it's 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 not going to take effect till 2023. Uh, It's been passed by both houses. House and Senate in Florida and signed by the governor. So it is the law now, but it doesn't take effect for a year, which means they have time to basically backtrack on it, renegotiate it, whatever. Um, and, you know, there's a, there, the, the, the folks I'm talking about, I think are, you know, they think that that was deliberate to give Disney a chance to sort of come to heel on this. So the argument that this guy named Charles C.W. Cook makes, who's this English, uh, political commentator who's now he's a naturalized American citizen lives in Florida whose takes I usually love he's a pretty hardcore libertarian very staunch second amendment advocate his last name is Cook with an E so I'd bet money we're somehow related um, you know he doesn't like Trump but I I wouldn't call him a never Trumper because he was always the kind of guy who would call balls and strikes on Trump I think pretty fairly give them credit where it was due, call the left out when they were being ridiculous. I'm a little su- not surprised. 
by his take, it, it does kind of make sense. His take is just like generally, hey, listen, you know, because he's basically like small government and he's libertarian, right? Mm-hmm. Less government, the better. This system worked for Florida. You had this huge multi-billion dollar company running this giant 40 square mile operation. There was n- basically no governmental burden placed on the taxpayers of the, of the state of Florida for them to have this special district. And now if you revoke it, you know, I think it remains, I don't, he, he contends that like these two counties are going to have to raise taxes, but I would think that that $200 million bill that supposedly Disney's been saving should offset most of that. Right. But he's certainly not wrong that, you know, they're going to have to hire some folks and they're going to have to add some equipment and things. If they're going to take over like the road maintenance of the 150, whatever miles, 120 something miles, I think of roads inside Disney. Right. And, uh, presumably sewage maintenance and, you know, to, you know, the next time they want to build a new hotel, they're going to have to go through a permitting process and, you know, all these waterways, they've got navigable waterways all over the thing, right? Like it, it's going to add a tremendous burden to those two counties. So I don't know how that financials net out, right? but, right. but it is, a, it, it will grow government to accommodate the regular services that they're now going to have to take on that Disney was able to, that Disney was allowed to conduct themselves in exchange for not having to pay those taxes. So there's at least an argument. And, and his main point is, I, he's like, I love everything DeSantis has ever done and believe, you know, he, he's like, he, he's been so judicious and spot on with his attacks of the left and the moves that he's made. You know, he's got he's got the momentum going towards a constitutional carry provision in Florida for the first time, which would make it like the 27th state with constitutional carry. You know, he's passed this bill and that bill. And, you know, now he's got. Uh, oh, good, you know, dude. A, then, you know, what we'll read in the headlines. Florida furthers ultra violent right wing supremacy with open carry law like they did to Texas when we became sure. like the 23rd state to do it. Right. Like, right. Yeah, That's yeah, what no, we'll read yeah. Next. right. The no Santa's doubt, but white supremacy furthers with open carry law, right? But those twenty six states that already do that are going to be like, <laughs> whatever, um, dude. But so, his point, you know, it, it's an interesting point, right? Because it's his his take on like this this particular issue is Disney raised a fuss, got mm-hmm. everybody in the media talking about the don't don't say gay bill, which is a complete fallacy. Yep. But he sold it. He called them out for their lies. He's got 75%, I think, approval of the bill among Floridians and like 60-something approval among polling among the entire country, right? So, and and they got it passed and they got it signed. And it's like his take is that was the win. You stood up to Disney. You said, screw you. You're lying. Take your win, right? And now he's being almost punitive in revoking the special status and that was a step beyond where he needed to go that expands government. It's a really interesting take. But those that oppose what he's saying, including, you know, he and Megyn Kelly had an interesting debate. She was like, I am like very open to his arguments, but also taking the position of like, who, at what point do we put our foot down and start fighting back against these woke corporations? Mm-hmm. Right. And the reason everybody loves Trump and the reason everybody loves DeSantis is because these guys are taking the fight to these people, right? So it's like, you know, there's his arguments, certainly not without its merits, but, you know, two days after they signed that thing, ExxonMobil 
bail. Have you seen this? Exxon Mobil mm-hmm. has has terminated their uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion program and their uh, formal support of uh, the BLM, you know, criminal organization. <laughs> I mean, the org. So all their racist, anti-racist stuff. That's all great. their work stuff. Yeah, Exxon has laid down their woke sword, and. So I guess to some extent, it kind of remains to be seen how it plays out between now and when the bill actually takes effect. And, you know, it won't be a good look if the if the state just caves. It won't be great for the citizens of those counties if their taxes have to go up. Um, but at the on the flip side, if it brings Disney around to where they're like, all right, you know, we shouldn't be wading into Florida's politics. That's for Florida to decide. We shouldn't be publicly... The thing that frustrates me the most about it is the nature of the well, and the, here's another point Charles makes. He was like, listen, look what's happening to, to Disney's stock. The position they took has caused people to flee them. Like he made this awesome point. He, he was like, Disney lost trust at the core of their business, which is family-oriented entertainment. By acknowledging on camera many of the time, often, I guess, that they have this deliberate LBGTQRS grooming program going on. They're driving American families away from their content and you know, maybe one day away from their parks, away from their channel. And again, since he got the bill passed, like you, you could have left it at that. Um and he pointed out, he's like, this is, he's like, it would be, he's, he's like, you know, if, if AT&T decided to make a big stink about Second Amendment stuff, mm-hmm. right, and got a huge backlash because of it, it still wouldn't really have a damn thing to do with what AT&T does as a business, which is, you know, unlike provide Disney, cell, right, provide cell phone mm-hmm. services and, and phones and, and cable packages. But Disney admitting that they're into this, LGBTQ grooming concept and they're pumping it out in propaganda form is like striking right to the heart of Mickey Mouse himself, right? And anyway, I don't know. What do you think about all that? Like what with a little bit more sort of background as to that ramifications here, you think that the fight that, that this extra step in this fight is worthwhile? Do you think it's a problem? Uh, I don't think that the taxpayers are going to appreciate it if the, the the burden falls in their lap. So right. but um, I do like anything where, like you said, maybe it's just to get Disney to shut the hell up and quit being a thorn in the side of conservative parents. Not even conservative parents, like we talked about on the show. Most Democrats don't want their uh, six-year-old being taught sexual identity politics in kindergarten they don't right. so if he's just saying disney get your s together and fall in line oh that's one thing uh here's an interesting thing isn't though it, isn't it weird before you switch gears that, that that is even worth saying out loud it's just weird to me that like, i've always thought disney is like a bastion of child of protecting childhood innocence right and here they are like uh furthering 
sexual deviance. Yeah, opinion. well, the truth is there's plenty of creepy stuff going on. I know, I know. In their but it was always but, discreet, dude. This is but just, but, this but, is but, so blatantly wide out and open. Yeah, we want, we want, we're, we're pro transgendering six year olds. It's fine. But I'm talking about the idea that you have to say out loud that most Democrats aren't down with talking about sexuality <laughs> yeah, okay. to six year olds. Like, yes, that's weird. It should just be in people, right? God's name has, ha- it just shouldn't even, it just, it just seems like it's so unnecessary to ever have to point out. Yeah. It just seems like that should be how it is and doesn't have to be spoken of. You know, I, I am I'm absolutely for this. And I'll tell you, even if the, the taxpayers have to bear the brunt of it, because we know that here's transgender ideology, the next thing on their agenda, which is already been, been coming out on the u- university level. Minor attracted persons. Pedophilia. Yeah. And wh- who could be a better spokesperson? Person or uh, organization for pedophilia than Disney, right? I, I mean, if you want to, if you want to get some something in the mainstream to normalize pedophilia, Disney would be. I mean, that would be your top draft pick right there. Did you know they took boys? So when they open each park every morning, they say, "Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Disney Hollywood Studios." Right there's like announced on the PA when the mm-hmm. when the ropes drop. They took out boys and girls. Now it's just children. They did that like three weeks ago. Well, F Disney, man. Uh, you know what sucks is I had so much fun there with the kids the other day. I know. Uh, but here's an interesting thing. The uh, judge KP George from Fort Bend County, Texas, has sent a letter to Disney officials telling them that they would that he would love for them to move their their parks to Fort Bend County, Texas. F Disney and F that guy, Judge, douchebag, KP George. I sure would like to see what his to Disney boss like Bob Chapek to suggest that his own area would be welcoming and a diverse place to do business. Hey, hey, dipshit, we don't want them in Texas, okay? Well, you know, Colorado sent some similar nonsense out. Like all of these lefties are, you know, extending out this olive branch, you know. Like, it's so it's just virtue signaling because Dude, it is. Here's like Disney's quote. really going to move their six hundred thousand acre park. Right. I welcome Disney to visit Fort Bend County as your next destination while you face attacks from the modern day political extremist Ron DeSantis. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's so similar Ron to DeSantis the way is Saki, doing the Lord's work, man. Saki cried on a podcast last week about the Good. attack on children from the right on this matter. Like, Nobody is attacking children and, except dude, for you sick, perverted leftists. Get the things that she here. said, it's she's either so full of it that she's truly demented and evil, which is entirely possible. Or she's so deluded that she, and has not read the bill that she is absolutely oblivious and in her head has created something that it does not say. No, I don't Man, think that's I, it, dude. I don't think that's it. I think she's she's just has the agenda. I, I think she knows that it's perverted and has to know that. Like, doesn't doesn't everyone really know that transgendering six year olds isn't a good thing? Teaching them that, and in your inner being, at the very core of humanity, don't we don't we know that that's evil? I mean, she's couching it as an attack on children. Right. And it's like, 
Nobody's hey, bitch, you're the one that's attacking children. I think she was focusing. I do think like she was talking a little bit more about our the bill that was passed here in Texas, where parents can actually be criminally prosecuted for you know biologically intervening in their children's well intervening in their children's biology meaning hormone puberty blockers and you know and surgeries up to what and age stuff. I, i'm familiar with it but i don't know what the age caveat is I remember either man um i don't know if it was 18 or my guess would be it was probably minor children up to 18 but i'd, I'd have to look um i will say I like what Florida did more than what we did, but that doesn't mean that I don't agree with the spirit of what Texas did, because I don't think that I think parents in this country right now are quite likely to get swept up in what is clearly a social contagion mm-hmm. and to harm their children permanently, thinking they're doing the right thing when there's a recent study that uh, that came out that showed that like 82% of ki- kids who complain of being transgender just end up growing out of it. Right. right. It's okay to have weird thoughts as a kid and yeah. question or like, you know, that's fine. It's normal. You're starting to explore your sexuality. That's fine. Right. And like you just said, most of them will grow out of it. And now here in 2022, though, we are manipulating it so that they never grow out. It was like 82% of kids who basically live transgender, but without any kind of biological intervention grew out of it. And then among those who had a biological intervention, it was like 95% of them stuck, which still meant 5% of them wanted to detransition. Well, and we know that it is, you used as social contagion and it just to validate that we just go back to, Irreversible Damage, Abigail Schreier's book. And the fact that from the time that you and I were kids, Chisholm, to where we are today, there's a 400% increase from adolescent girl to boy transitioning. That right. has everything to do with society. Because it, it's mathematically impossible, is, dude. It's, it's mathematically no. impossible no, it's just for that to happen. Now. It's more accepted now. And all these kids had to live in a lie before that. <laughs> Idiots. Um, Twitter. Twitter. Free speech, Twitter has baby. A new owner. Yeah. <laughs> have yeah. you ever seen the, the have you ever seen the left cry so much about free speech? Like they've been faking this free speech. Oh yeah, we're no you oh, the real leftists don't fake it. They're, Obama they're, they're who all who all has been in the news in the last week asking for more censorship? I saw Obama was on it. Clinton's uh, been doing it, and of course she needs to be because her world is caving in as we speak. Right. Um yeah, man, Obama, um, people on TV, uh, many of whom drive Teslas, are calling this uh, Elon's attempt at creating an apartheid state online because he's a South Ameri- a South African, which is hilarious. Have you seen that? <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah, 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 yeah. This one, this one, this one public intellectual guy is like, clearly, this is. This is Elon's South African white supremacy apartheid upbringing being brought to Twitter. The <laughs> LA Times had an article, Black Twitter, because maybe for those who don't know, there is such a thing called Black Twitter, which sounds Where's that? racist. It's just the part of Twitter that I guess a lot of black folks spend <laughs> their, more, and their time in. So it's like separate but equal. <sighs> That's not racist. Yeah. Black Twitter. 
I just yeah. call it Twitter. You know, they, I mean, like, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a micro ecosystem within Twitter that's full of, I mean, honestly, I'm, I, this is work you know, like NBA stuff, mm-hmm. uh, black related issues, black intellectuals, you know, it's like, you know, hashtags and, and follow, you know, interconnected followers that a lot you know, of joy kind of- read and uh, who's that lady oh. that got fired from ESPN. She was so horrible. Hates white people. Yeah. That's, um, you know, uh, Jamel, Jamel Hill. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, the yeah. worst dude. Well, Is anyway, that, so the that LA Twitter, Time- that's black Twitter. The, yeah. Yeah. The LA time. Well, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. I'd like to think that, um, there's plenty of black folks who aren't down with what Jamel Hill and Joy Reed, Joy Ann Reed have to say about <sighs> anything. Um, and I think there are, and I think the number of those folks is growing, but anyway, the LA times has a heart and headline. I think it was today. Maybe it was yesterday that came across my, awareness that was like you know elon purchasing twitter means the end of black twitter <laughs> what dude right, here's a question about? which we... again to your point means that they're like objecting to the idea that separate and equal might fold you know? can i be called a racist because i don't adhere to the idea of black twitter and that it's just twitter i mean does that make me insensitive and a racist like can can people throw that at me because i don't acknowledge black twitter um, I think you're being somewhat idealist. I don't have a problem that it exists I, because th- there's all kinds of little micro. I mean, there's a, there's a baseball Twitter, right? There's a, there's a hunting and fishing Twitter. I'm sure mm. maybe not as much. There's definitely hunting and fishing Instagram, right? There are these microcosms within all of these social media outlets that form around common interests, right? So I, I don't really have any problem with that. I have way less of a problem with that than the idea that, you know, universities across the country are segregating their graduation ceremonies oh, that i have a real sense. problem with right so the yeah but this New is York times publishes articles to defend that practice but so the left just had a total meltdown elon musk um spent what, like a fifth of his total wealth to purchase twitter but i for think 44- he spent more than his own personal wealth but he got backed by like jp morgan chase and who knows who else but 40 uh, 44 billion dollars for a company that doesn't make money for a company that doesn't make money, like a $6 a share premium on a company that was worth like 45 bucks a share, I think. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, man. So, I, dude, what's his, what's Elon's say, deal, dude? Like, it, it's uh, an interesting mm, fellow. Yeah. Um, I'm very skeptical of Elon Musk. Um, I want to root for the guy. Because I like the things he says. But I'm very questioning of his motivations. For example, speaking of companies that don't make money, uh, the Boring Company, the one where he drills holes under LA and now wants to do it from Austin to San Antonio, just costs a shitload of money. Um, The SpaceX Company. Dude, I think I've mentioned it, but a man that I work with very closely spent two years as a engineering project manager for Elon at SpaceX up until just a few months ago. They spend something, dude, like, I'm so afraid to like grossly overstate it, but I want to say like $330,000 a day at SpaceX, $3,330,000 a day, $3 million. It was in the millions. Millions of dollars a day in costs. Millions. 
and I'm dude, it might've been $300 million a day. I can't remember, but it was a staggering, staggering figure. Even if it's just $3 million a day, let me see if I can look it up. So, but, but guess, guess uh, where that money company make money. It doesn't. So I'm trying to say, dude, it doesn't, I mean, I'm starting to see more Tesla's than I ever have, but still, and that's the other one. Tesla still doesn't make any money. So how's he so rich? I don't get it. This is why I'm skeptical. So in its first 10 years of operation, SpaceX operated on a roughly 1 billion of funding of which 200 million was private funding and four to 500 million of it was from NASA. $400 million was loaned to Tesla back in 2007 or eight by the Obama administration. Now he has paid that back in full. But the point is, he's like, as an individual entrepreneur, the single biggest recipient of government grants, handouts, loans, you know, uh, of government subsidies of anybody on the planet. Yeah. The Starship rocket will require $900,000 worth of fuel per launch. Per launch. And they launch those things like every day. And that's a couple of year old. That fuels cost has gone up by twofold. So to your point, man, now that I'm living in this like never ending world of CIA conspiracy theories everywhere. And I know that as we've detailed, the electric car is not going to save us from fossil fuels or climate change. Mm-hmm. Right. Just plain and simply. And neither are his lithium and, and cobalt batteries that he makes. And neither are the solar panels that he makes that we've detailed require an oil well to create. Uh, and neither is the $900,000 worth of fuel per launch. Dude, and the toxicity of those launches, like, oh my God, the amount of, va- of emissions of all types, like hazardous air pollutants, as well as climate change emissions, or, you know, global greenhouse gas emissions per launch is got to be greater than a refinery, an oil and gas refinery puts out in a year. It's got to be. Hmm. Like, it's all a fallacy. All of it. He's not saving the world. His argument is, These are the eggs that we have to crack to get to this beautiful omelet of living in Mars, because that's how we're going to save humanity is living in Mars. Because this planet's doomed to die. Meanwhile, he's also arguing that humanity needs to make more babies, that we have a we have a reverse population catastrophe looming, that we're population of the Earth is shrinking. And that's a bad thing. But how is he? Okay, he's the richest person on the planet dude the only thing that he's done that i know of that has actually made him money 268 billion dollars okay but a ton of that is stock that he owns in tesla and in spacex right Mm -hmm. none of that is liquid cash in fact one of the things that elizabeth warren mocks him for and you know derides him for is that he hardly pays any taxes literally hardly any taxes because he doesn't have any income all he has is a shitload of equity he owns assets that are worth 200 something billion, but he doesn't make any money because he doesn't take salaries out of these losing companies. So he doesn't have to pay income taxes. And even the loan that he's taking, he's loaning all this, borrowing all this money against his Tesla stock. So 
the only thing I know of that he's ever really made money with it that put him on the map and that made him a billionaire was he and oh what's that other Peter 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 um gosh darn it him and another rich Silicon Valley conservative actually gay conservative actually um Peter Thiel of Thiel Capital started uh, PayPal and I guess Elon specifically owned the bank that backed PayPal or something somehow. I heard that on a podcast oh. the other day. I don't know what that means. But I know they started PayPal. And well, sold if it you for... just send as a gift to a friend, then you don't have to pay the fees. So Yeah. But, I mean, you, so you could see. I mean, they invented, like, the biggest online, you know, banking operation to date. So that's how he got rich. But that only made him like a few billion or maybe a few tens of billions of dollars. And to your point, now he's worth a quarter of a trillion dollars somehow on SpaceX, which makes no money. It has all these fabulous government. Con- it's funny because they, they get all these government subsidies, but they also get government contracts because they're launching our, our, uh, our satellites into space now. Right. And, and, uh, and private company like telecom companies, satellites into space and other countries satellites into space. So they're making some money. I don't think they're making a dollar in profit. Same thing with Tesla. They're still not making profit on Tesla. They're making a badass car, but they're not making a profit. And, you know, just, I don't know. It just makes me wonder, like, is he really an independent actor? How could you be that heavily subsidized by the United States government and not be promoting some kind of agenda? That's the question that leaves me with, right? If you got that much money coming in from the United States of America, and we assume the government's basically in the grips of hardcore leftism, how have they not muzzled him yet? Right. So what do you expect to happen with Twitter? I expect it to liber- liberate, be- become more classically liberal. Like, you know, he's art. So I saw earlier today, supposedly he's art. They've already reinstated uh, uh, Tucker. Carlson, the Babylon Bee, which apparently it was the suspension of the Babylon Bee that really lit the fire. My guess would be he was working on this for quite some time, but publicly, Elon basically blamed the suspension of the Babylon Bee for their joke about that transgender person in charge of health and human services or whatever uh, as the reason he made this move. It was a great joke, by the way. No, we talked about it. It's not even that funny. They were like, oh, man of the year. And they got suspended for that. It's like, well, y'all called him woman of the year. So I thought it was a good one, I guess. Anyway, um, Babylon Bee's been reinstated. Um, you know, he talks about wanting to make the algorithms uh, open source so that people can take a look and see, understand, like, why they're being censored if they get censored or why they're getting promoted if they're getting promoted. Um, you know, being can he buy Instagram next, please? Yeah, I think he'd have to guess he'd have to buy Meta out first, but um, I think he wants to crack down on bots. Twitter's hyper infected with fake accounts. Um, he's talking about having a subscription service where for five bucks a month you can become a verified blue check mark. Um, man, yeah, I don't care. I mean, he says it's all about freedom of speech. He says it's all about freedom of speech. Um, I hope, I'll tell you what I hope. Happens. If he comes out and does that and it, and it looks like it really is all about freedom of speech, then maybe he just, uh, maybe he doesn't have an agenda. 
I hope he digs digs into their records and unveils to the world just how corrupt Twitter in conjunction with you know the government was in shielding information, hiding Hunter Biden, all that sort of stuff. That that sort of thing better never happen again, or this is just a complete farce. But you know, my hope is that there's a little bit of a retroactive, like, well, here's some of the really shady crap they were actually doing. Um, and then it'll have to be balanced. They'll have to show, you know, having maybe done so on sort of all sides. Um, and then, yeah, being less apt to censor, shadow ban, and you know, take people down. But um, I'm pretty sure the latter will happen. I don't know about the former. I don't know if we'll get any clarification on what they've done in the past, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got leftists in a fit today. Whew. Which is a beautiful thing. So thank you, Elon, for at the very least giving right. us that. Anything that fills my cup with liberal te- tears, leftist tears, leftist tears. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> wrapping it up with uh, Durham updates, because I saw uh, you labeled me a headline reader, which I find <laughs> offensive. So anyway, I, there you was a yourself headline. a headline reader. But, but everyone's a headline reader. You read the headline, then you read the art, damn article. Everyone's a headline reader. That's how you, that's what makes you click on an article. Anyway, Hillary lobbying a judge last week to get Trump's suit thrown out, his suit against her, her campaign. Yeah. Why would she do that? Because oh, she's guilty there, as hell. Because there's no case. Because <laughs> Trump's just lying. He's making it all up. It's Russian disinformation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interestingly, and we may have touched on this a few weeks back, but the original judge that he his case was brought before was a Bill Clinton appointee. And he actually got that judge to recuse themselves. And I think the next one might have been an Obama appointee. And that one refused to recuse themselves. Um, So we'll see what happens. Um, Relatedly, so that's the lawsuit against Hillary. That's Trump's lawsuit against Hillary. But meanwhile, the Durham thing is a whole separate legal action with, you know, the Department of Justice going after right now Sussman the attorney for the Clinton campaign who lied to the FBI. Um, so so the other one is, the, the, is a defamation suit from Trump. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Defamation. I mean, it, was trying he's to suing him for more than just defamation, but yeah, I mean, essentially it's, it's, it's a defamation. Um, but there's like a, there's like a conspiracy component to it. Cause it was a huge, he's got like, 20 or 30 something specific defendants and groups all lumped into that lawsuit. It's a big lawsuit. Um, everybody who touched it is being sued. Mm-hmm. Um, As they should be. So in the Durham suit, the Durham, Durham criminal case, you know, that's the indictment that we talked about, I think last October and we've updated on a few times, two or three weeks ago, Sussman's attorneys had moved to have that case dropped and their primary defense was, that the lie that he offered to the FBI uh, attorney general or general counsel, attorney general, I think FBI's general counsel, the chief attorney at the FBI was that um, was, was not material to a criminal investigation. Um, And then as a backup, even if it was material, it was attorney client privileged. The judge dismissed that motion for summary judgment. And the case is going to go to trial. I believe in May, just in a couple of weeks. So we're going to get to see that. In the meantime, uh, I saw where 15 or 20 different camp Clinton campaign, you know, orbit type folks have uh, 
have refused to uh, be in, you know, be questioned on uh, Fifth Amendment grounds, their constitutional right to not say anything that would incriminate them. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't mean they're guilty. Any smart defendant knows not to talk to law enforcement um, without an attorney present at a minimum. It's called the Miranda right, right? But um, they've got the guy dead to rights, man. Um, you know, on the idea that it was not germane to an investigation, that's BS. He was actually instigating an investigation. That was right, the whole point of the meeting. Yeah. And then his backup claim that it's attorney-client privilege and so all that material shouldn't be allowed in court in the first place is hilarious because that's the exact thing he's being charged with was having claimed he didn't represent anybody. And then it turns out he represented Clinton. So if the material is attorney client privilege, it's de facto proof that he was lying. So like Durham's got him literally in a trap. Like it's it, I was reading this great article from this University of Chicago professor who was like, didn't play this one real slick, you know, <laughs> now. Part of, you know, criminal defense is often a, if A doesn't work, we'll just throw B, C, and D against the wall and see which one sticks, right? And you, you can absolutely plead like contradicting defenses, um, but it's not a good look. Um, you know, and so meanwhile, yeah, Hillary's trying to get the actual kind of defamation slash other whatever the hell else he's suing her for uh, thrown out. And the two are absolutely linked because they're completely interrelated. But that article I was talking about had a great, take that did i talk about all this on the show already or was i talking to somebody else about this mm, no that basically that the indictment that the, the conviction of sussman will be like the linchpin to going after god knows who all sorts of folks um that if he can get that that deal and get a conviction on it um that it will lead to further criminal prosecutions against their co-conspirators dude i just um, here's where i'm at i don't think it's going to happen we can say that he has Sussman in the Hillary Clinton campaign dead to rights, but we saw what happened oh, with, with St. Maxwell and I mean, the protection. Uh, yeah. That but everyone that's... Got. I mean, I just don't see, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. But here, here's the only distinction I have there. I've said before, something will come out and this will get thrown out some bullshit. I'm not sitting here telling you Hillary Clinton herself is going to go to jail. Right. But somebody is for a number of reasons. One, as I've said before, nobody is above the party. And there's so much bad press out there on the Democratic Party, they're going to have to have a scapegoat. Somebody's going to have to hang for it, right? When Maybe Fauci's, it's just... When is Fauci's hanging, by the way? Good question. <clears throat> figurative hanging, figurative hanging, figurative. We're talking figuratively. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, also... And I've touched on this. Durham has framed this thing where he's trying to cover for the FBI and the CIA who have malfeasance in this matter uh, all over the place as well. He's trying to pin it all on Clinton's lawyers and presumably hopefully one day her campaign for having lied and misled the FBI and the CIA to cover up the fact that the Department of Justice is implicated in it as well, uh, as is the Obama administration and probably the president himself at the time. Um, and then the other thing with Ghislaine and Epstein is they got the dirt on everybody left, right, center, deep state, shallow state, the Prince of England, like mm -hmm. she had to be silenced and made to go away just like he had to be. The strange thing is though, how they haven't dealt with her quite as uh, ruthlessly as they dealt with him. Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. 
Uh, real quick, and I really got to get, but um, there's another matter um, before a uh, grand jury in the United States of America, and that is old Hunter. Dude, real quick, I got to drop a podcast that everybody should get onto, including you, uh, my partner in crime. Oh, there's, there's so much to get into on the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, we've covered it. Mm, not uh, we, in the we kind of detail recently not in the kind of detail that i now have on it which i don't have time to get too deep into no, it, it's well, called we should do a whole the, podcast on it anyway the drill down with peter schweizer of the uh, of the government accountability institute this guy is a legit hardcore journalist you sent me the link to this one yeah okay i listen to he, this at the gym this afternoon he, he has written multiple new york times number one bestsellers about corruption in the united states government the most recent of which was on the New York Times number one spot for three weeks this spring uh, regarding Chinese uh, basically ownership of American uh, government or government officials um, and corporations. Uh, he's fascinating. He's all over the Hunter stuff. Dude, the Hunter investigation. So there's, there's, this, there's this grand jury in Delaware that has been investigating Hunter Biden since 2018. Hmm. This is a four-year-old investigation now. Recently, it was leaked that they were asking about the emails from the laptop where they referenced the big guy, 10% for the big guy. Yeah. The, the grand jury wants to know who's the big guy. Now they've drugged James Biden, Joe, Joe's brother, into the matter. He's either formally under investigation or at least wrapped up kind of inextricably in it. Dude, the original, <laughs> the Chinese, these Chinese companies that were paying Hunter Biden, that stuff goes back to 2014 when Joe Biden was the vice president under Obama, they've got proof that many, like 19 different visits by Chinese, you know, businessmen, associates of, of Hunter Biden visited the white house. And at least one instance actually got a sit down with Joe. And he claimed on a debate stage two years ago, he didn't know anything about any of Hunter's business dealings. He flew while Vice President Hunter flew to China with Joe Biden on Air Force Two to work a business deal while Joe was over there doing but Dude, you talk about nothing ever happening. In Remember our when parents they impeached lifetime, Trump twice for nothing? <laughs> one of the times was for trying to get the Ukrainians to turn over information on this shady-ass crap. Right. I have a lot of hope that this will be the Nixon... Watergate scandal of our era. In our parents' lifetime, we had, they had a president forced to resign over corruption for just spying on a foreign, on, I mean, on his adversary's campaign. Dude, I don't want Joe Biden Which, to resign. I want him I'm to not saying I'm, I'm saying I want him to resign. I'm saying that 20 years from now, it's I want so the, the Biden, Clinton, Obama cabal to go down as as politically corrupt as Nixon. That's all I'm saying. I don't care how it plays out. I don't care if any of them ever have to go to jail. Nixon never had to go to jail. I don't care if Joe has to. Joe's not. Nah. Anyway, I got to get. Yeah. Well, we'll do a whole podcast on on the uh, Hunter Biden stuff uh, because I've got to let you go because I have somewhere I have to go to them. So anyway, uh, <laughs> you can't fire me. I quit. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 74 of Justified Pursuit for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys again very soon. Justice will be done. Hopefully. High hopes, low expectations. <laughs>